Get to the church blind! Get to the church blind! Go! Now! I'm Pete Mitchell, and he's Peyton Jones, and you're listening to Hardcore Church Planning, the companion podcast for the Church Planner Podcast and Church Planner Magazine. Each week, we'll bring you interviews from planners who are in the trenches making it happen right now. These active church planners bear it all, share their successes, their failures, and what they'd wish they'd known when they were first starting out. Listen in to discover how God is working in their church plans. You know, when I have a large project at home, sometimes it makes sense to do it by myself. At other times, I actually save money in the long term and have a much better solution if I use an expert. It's really not that much different with church planning. Church planners who focus on building their core team and actually planting the church and partner with portability experts like Portable Church Industries hit the ground running. Yes, you may have to raise more funds up front, but let me tell you something. If I could go back in a time machine and do one thing different in all the churches that I planted, I would go back and have invested that money in Portable Church and all of the super cool kit that they give you to make the volunteers and their lives much, much easier. Trust me, your volunteers will feel invested in, and they're going to give you more of what they got. And that time where people are setting up is going to be a time where it sets the atmosphere for you to thrive. If you're thinking about launching in the next six to 36 months, we encourage you to check them out at portablechurch.com. Hey, Church Planner, this is Peyton Jones, and you are listening to Hardcore Church Planning. Thanks for joining me today. I have a guest. I almost feel like we need to roll out the red carpet for my guest. Um, he's used to me saying this because he happens to be one of my mentors at the moment, and I meet with him once a month, and uh, he was talking on a podcast we were on together earlier today about he takes problem cases occasionally, and I got a bit nervous before he unfolded what it was because I thought he was going to talk about me. <laughs> my guest today is... The pioneer of church planner training. And when I say the pioneer, of course, I'm not talking about the Apostle Paul. We're not that big. We can't get him on here, but we do have probably the next best thing in our lifetime. And that is church planning training legend, Bob Logan. So author of the church planner toolkit, nine, 10 out of my guests have attributed their success and their training back to Bob's ministry. And also, he's the author of The Missional Journey, The Discipleship Difference. So, Bob, welcome to the podcast. It's good to be with you, Peyton. All right. Well, Bob, hey, we want to talk a little bit today about some of the things that you're doing in the world of church planner training. And before we do that, something we always like to do is to ask, uh, how did you come to faith? I grew up in a Christian family, and I came to Christ at a very young age, uh, probably about six or so. I remember it was the Sunday before Palm Sunday. My Sunday school teacher just was sharing matter-of-factly why Jesus came, and and it all made sense to me um, that I was a sinner and uh, Christ died for my sin. I needed to do something about it, so I asked my dad, and uh, he prayed with me. In my bedroom. That's rad. Now, Corey Tinboom, I love those stories. Corey Tinboom has you beat by by two years. She said that she came to Christ at four, and she said, "No, Jesus did not tell me I was too young." So I love that that you know someone shared the gospel with you very very young, 
you came to faith. That's totally rad. But just to make it more exciting, did you struggle with anything like, you know, did you steal a Sesame Street toy or did you, you know, anything that that drove you under deep conviction? You know, you, you snuck that extra piece of bologna out of the fridge or no, nothing like not, that. Not, not, not tied to my conversion. Subsequent <laughs> my conversion, of course I have. Yes, there are many stories, I'm sure. So, hey, uh, beyond that, what would be also good to hear, especially considering the source who we're talking to, how did you get involved in this crazy little thing we like to call church planting? Well, my second earliest memory is, besides receiving Jesus, is knowing I'm supposed to work for God. And in the church that I grew up in, the only people that worked for God were missionaries. And so I always grew up wanting to be a missionary. And uh, so I in junior high, developed interest in medicine. I said, no, I'm supposed to be a missionary. I like medicine. I'll be a medical missionary. So I enrolled at UCLA, majoring in chemistry in preparation to go to med school. In my junior year, the Lord sort of turned my direction around more toward pastoral work. So and I finished up my chemistry degree and then went to seminary. And after getting out of seminary, uh, actually couldn't find any uh, vocational jobs in the church. I was too young and too inexperienced and uh, even though I was good at youth ministry, I didn't feel a call to it. And so I ended up uh, responding to an invitation of our denomination, uh, church association, to uh, plant a church. And so that's how I got into it. Couldn't find a job. Well, that's why I've stayed in it. Um, so that's good. Uh couldn't find another job, right? Didn't Spurgeon say, if you can do something else, definitely do it. No one else will have us, Bob. So that's rad. So what was kind of the deal? I mean, you know, here here you ended up in church planting. Um, how did you end up training planters? Well, it, it I just basically uh, was wanting to invest in church planters, Uh my whole life in terms of wanting to help people. That was part of my calling and vision that flowed out of a crisis experience that I had. And uh, so I started connecting with church planters just to uh, see what encouragement I could be to them. And uh, then I got involved in uh, teaching a seminar that Fuller Institute did called How to Lead Manage the Local Church. And uh, that was very uh, helpful. Uh, And then as I got an idea for a, a church planting resource that was called the Church Planting Workbook. And it was identifying the principles involved and then a process of planning that people could use under the guidance of the Spirit to figure out uh, what they do in their own particular context. So it was the precursor to the toolkit. Nice, nice. Well, And that work then started in involvement in the church planting, how to plant a church seminars that Fuller did and so forth. And it started from there. That's great. So the church planning toolkit, for those of you that don't know, that was, that was like the church planning Bible, right? Um, that, so like I've said, so many of my guests that, that have come on here, uh, even guys like Ed Stetzer, they would talk about that's, that's was like their life raft. That's what they clung to when they started out. And so, like I said, Bob has really pioneered church planner training and then Bob, you had a, that was kind of like, you could get that. And I remember, I remember seeing that on Amazon when I first got back to America. I saw it on Amazon for like 75 bucks. And I was like, whoa. And people were like, it was, this is what's rad about it. And the day of like pod, you know, before podcasts and all that, they were like audio cassettes you could listen to. <laughs> and so people, were, I know Mac Lake, he, he's 
church planner toolkit. Um, you know, he's now training hundreds of, you know, even into thousands through NAM. He's literally got, um, the, the tapes. He said he listened to them until they literally warped. <laughs> That's just mm-hmm. crazy. But you have written a book, uh, called The Missional Journey. Um, which really is the foundation of the training you're doing now. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, as you probably know that I always write after having, uh, engaged the process experientially, uh, you know, to actually try to live it out and then figure out what you're learning from it and then figure out the generic principles and then a process that could be used to apply those principles. So through the years, um, I was really focused on this whole journey of how do you engage the culture and make disciples and and raise up uh, uh, small groups, missional communities, we call them, and how to multiply movements and these types of things. And so uh, the the missional journey book is really uh, a next generation of how to do it from an incarnational missional perspective. So it starts with even an examination of, of uh, what the kingdom of God is and uh, what does incarnational ministry really mean based on the life of Jesus? Uh, what's the church? And then how do you do it? Uh, is you engage the culture, you make mm-hmm. disciples, start missional communities, develop leaders, and multiply movements. So it's, it's a foundational work that kind of captures and recapture, recaptures, if you would, all the learnings from the past uh, 40 years right and then as a foundation piece for uh the whole new set of trainings and resources that are going to come for for church planters i think that's really important because a lot of the church planting training or even networks that have sprung up they weren't really uh particularly good on hitting assessment training and coaching and you know, a lot of the, the, the networks that were big, maybe they were good on assessment. Like I know the A29 was really good, um, on assessment, but I was running a church planning network and we were getting people that were coming for training, right? That seemed to really be kind of a hole in the market. Um, that, that people were just saying, I'm, I belong to this denomination. They've passed me, but they're not training me. Or someone say, I belong to this network. They're giving me money, but I don't know what to do. And how how have you seen training um, really kind of serve as a catalyst for planners or even I mentioned a life raft. But I mean, what does training do in the life of a church planner? What difference does it make to them? Well, it really gives them a framework of knowing what they need to be doing. Uh, They may not yet know exactly how to do it, but at least they know what the what is. Right. And and then you can ask some key questions to try to figure out how to to live that out in the uniqueness of your own context and to see where God's at work and how to move forward and so forth. But unless you have a framework of of what is the uh, scope of the process, you get caught working in the plant as opposed to working on the plant. Mm. And so uh, planters can get so wrapped up in the activity of doing the stuff, they lose that perspective, and therefore they aren't strategic in how they move forward. So they can right. squander the fruit that's there. Uh, you know, they can they can make a misstep because they they forget an important piece. And so so that's probably the first piece. It really helps to give perspective. 
you know, training really is, is really twofold. There's the initial training, which I would actually call orientation, which is just helping to get the framework together and get, get language and vocabulary and issues in, in your mind. But then the ongoing training happens as you live it out in the context of doing it. And mm. I, from my worldview, that's closely linked to the process of coaching. Cause, that's cause, huge. cause training can give you, uh, a breakthrough. But it, coaching is what gives you the follow through. And so the, the training and coaching running together is, is, uh, uh, very, very helpful. And a third rail of that then is when you can journey with other planters that are, in fact, seeking to live it out. So then you have an outcome focused, uh, learning community, if you would, to be able to move forward. That's really good. I think that the, the hands on and actually having people do things as they train is so good. Um, there's so much training out there, like you, you, marketers are springing up all over Facebook, you know, hey, buy my training, buy my training. And you'll make zero dollars if you don't do anything that they talk about. And I think it's the same with church planners. We have a lot of church planners that they've read a, a stack. I mean, there is a mountain of books on church planning now. Um, but well, praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But you could read all those books. And still not do anything. And I think that's the value of the coaching is it someone that's, that's talking to you through what you need to do. And there yes. is, is there a kind of an accountability to that, Bob? Yes. Uh, coaching really is not telling somebody what to do, but rather it's, it's uh, coming alongside to, to listen and help them figure out where they are, where does God want them to go? And then they help them to chart a course to be able to get there. So the person that's being coached is the one that's responding to God and what his agenda is and to figure out what's next and how to move forward. Right. And so they, they make that kind of commitment. So when I'm in a coaching relationship, I might sometimes say to a, to a planter, you know, I, I challenge you to, and then give them a challenge, but, but they know up front that that's not a mandate that they have three proper responses to that challenge. Uh, one is yes, I'll take it. No, I won't, or I'll counterpropose. Mm. Because as a as a coach, I'm really the Barnabas coming alongside, and they're the person to whom they're accountable is is ultimately God sure. and whoever their church planting uh, uh, sponsor or supervisor is. And so, so it does provide a quite quite a bit of focus and action items, but the, but the planter is the one that still is, is responding to God and responsible to God for what, what he or she is doing. You know, it's been really helpful to me is in mentoring with you. And I've, I've never asked someone to like, you know, I remember taking Mac Lake aside, amazing leader and saying, Hey, will you mentor me? And I work for, for Mac and Mac gave me a quizzical look and said, that's what I've been doing. And sure. You know, when I step back, I thought, yeah, you have, that's true. You know, you're, you're mentoring me in ways. But when I approach you, I, I noticed that each, we always joke because a couple times you asked me, what do you hope to get out of this? And always my answer is to be the next Bob Logan. And, and so, you know, we laugh, but, and then I say, no, seriously, to be Bob Logan. And, 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 and the reality is there are action steps that I know if I'm going to talk to you about it, you know, that we're going to be, it's not that you're pressing me, but I know that we've discussed these things. I've gotten the help I need. Now it's, it's what I do. It's what I do from here. And, and so one of the reasons I want to have you on here is you have a training coming up that I'm, I'm particularly excited about. Um, 
I feel like each time my guests would come on and they would mention Bob Logan, church planning toolkit. Even, even yesterday, I was on the phone with someone who, uh, is a church planning trainer in Denver and they said, Oh no, I, I trained with Bob. And I remember for me kind of feeling like, man, I wish I got that training, you know, back in the day. And what's exciting to me is you, You've never stopped being a practitioner. You've done missional communities. You've, you've, you've continually moved, been ahead of the curve. And like you were mentioning the other day that you were coaching guys way back before we even had the language of missional community. You were talking to these guys that were penetrating artist communities way back, like, you know, 15, 16 years ago. And so, uh, as, as I'm looking at the training that you told me about the other day, um, the only way I can put it is it's kind of like when you're watching Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory and suddenly they're like, Hey, look, Willy Wonka is opening up the chocolate factory. Six lucky contestants get to come in. I, I feel like right now, like the golden tickets are available Buy your Wonka bars. Like literally like you're opening up your training and saying, look, I will take, uh, X amount. Um, I think is it 12? It's 12 max. 12 people that you're going to take through and you are going to mentor them, train them, coach them. Um, tell us a little bit about what this training is. When does it start and how can people get involved? Well, it's called the uh, Missional Church Planter Intensive. And it's really focused on how to help uh, planters uh, get their mind wrapped around the uh, notion of uh, missional church planting, which is based on the foundation of making disciples who, in fact, are living according to the great commandment uh, so that it's holistic in the sense of, of uh, really meeting the needs and the compassion and all those sorts of transformational issues and making disciples who make disciples. Because we need to really reach people who are not yet followers of Jesus, help them into that journey, then gather them into groups to be able to, uh, what you call missional communities, disciple-making communities, life groups, whatever you want to call them, that are basically the body of Christ in microcosm. And then figuring out uh, how do you multiply those and network them together. And very often that might involve a, a weekly worship celebration, but it's not model-specific. The mandate that Jesus gave us was to make disciples. And then after the Holy Spirit came in power, they made disciples and they gathered them into groups called churches. Mm. And so Jesus didn't say, uh, go plant churches. He said, that's my job. I will build my church. You make disciples. And so, so we need to go back to that basic uh, ministry of Jesus, being the hands and feet and voice of Jesus, and, and to figure out then how do we engage the culture? Uh, how do we bridge into discipleship? form groups that grow and multiply, develop leaders, and ultimately multiply movements among all people groups. Uh, that's the mandate. And so to get started properly, you need to have the right kind of DNA, the right kind of framework to be able to move this forward. So this, this group is going to be for 10 weeks, an hour and a half uh, video conference uh, with 12, up to 12 people. And the, the really the focus here is to address the needs that the people in the group have. 
So, I mean, we can talk about engaging culture and disciple making and building your core team and how you do that and the missional communities and service and compassion, all these different themes. But in reality, it's not a prepackaged set of material that's going to come. This is going to be more of a consultation, a a master coaching session, and then based upon what needs surface, uh, we'll be, be able to deal with those things and even develop some resources and helps even along the way. Awesome. In, a, in addition to that, I'll have a, a one-hour coaching appointment with each person coming in before we start so that uh, we, I can figure out where they're at and where they're trying to go. And then we'll have a couple of cluster coachings in groups of three, uh, one during the middle of the process, one following, so that the planter will come out with a clear uh, strategy of, of wherever they are, what's next for them in trying to move forward. That's great. Very cool. And so guys, this is, this is going to be starting up here in October. So, uh, you need to get on it pretty, pretty quickly. Um, from the time that, let's see what we're, we're recording this on the last day of August, but, uh, this will be up the first week of September. So it will probably fill up fast. So you want actually make- first week of October. No, no, sorry. This will air the first. You'll have less than a month, but it's going to fill up oh, fast. Got it. I it got actually it. starts the first week of October, and you've invited me, Bob, to 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 join you. So, and I'm excited about that because uh, you're one of those practitioners on the ground that really is engaging culture and reaching lost people today. And so, the uh, that strength that you bring to the equation, uh, plus all the other stuff that we can together uh, bring to help planners move forward. I'm really excited about partnering with you, Peyton. Hey, me too, man. And I'm just, to me, it's like an honor to work with you. It's, it's pretty cool. So I am extremely, everybody knows I got my heroes on this podcast. I remember when we first started, we had Francis Chan on and I got a little, I got a little nervous. I'll be honest. You know, now I say what, what Pete Mitchell says, and that is I can pee next to anyone. He trained under Bob Kennedy. And, uh, when he trained under him, um, they ended up in the bathroom together. And now I've done so many podcasts. I don't get starstruck anymore, but I do get excited and I am super excited about being able to do this. Um, so for the planters coming in, um, it, are we talking guys from like ground zero to like guys that are in it and struggling, like guys a year into what about the, the church planner listening who goes, you know what? I'm stuck. Like I'm not at beginner level, but I'm stuck, man. Is this going to be the kind of thing that's going to help them get unstuck perhaps? Yes, because generally speaking, when planters get stuck, it's they've forgotten the basics. And so therefore they need to go back to the basics to be able to then, okay, how am I engaging culture? How am I making disciples? So in that sense, the focus will be on the startup phases, even if you're down the road a bit. Uh, and so that's a critical piece of this equation. Uh, ideally, of course, it'd be somebody who's just in the uh, early, early stages of not quite started or, you know, within the first uh, six months right. of getting getting started. That would be the ideal uh, market. But for those that are farther down and stuck and are willing to go back and say, OK, let's let's build the foundation properly. Uh, they'd be more than welcome to be uh, a part of this a part of this journey. Very cool. Well, tell us a little bit. So you've got missional journey. And then you've got, uh, and, and really in a way, you were kind of, again, you were a little bit ahead of the curve on that as well. I think because you were doing it before it kind of became the buzz. As I look back on a lot of the things that kind of became the buzz, I trace a lot of them back to Bob Logan. So, um, tell me a little bit about the discipleship difference. When did, when, when did that come out and, and unpack it a little bit for us? 
I believe it came out last year uh, after a couple of of years of work with uh, Dr. Charles Ridley. Because what I've really realized is that that we aren't being clear about what we're trying to produce, that we don't have a clear profile of a a disciple. Uh, And so that's what we did was the analysis to figure out, okay, what does a disciple really look like? What does a disciple actually do? And not in a methodological kind of way. You know, it has to be, but yes, also has to be concrete. So, for instance, a, a disciple experiences God. You know, uh, is uh, responding to the spirit, uh, authentic relationship, sacrificial service, all those kinds of things. And underneath each one of those are some concrete behavioral expressions. And we don't often aren't clear in what we're trying to produce in a follower of Jesus. And therefore, we're not very effective. So if we have a clear picture of what that looks like, then you have to say, okay, then how do you go about the process? Not everybody learns in the same way. Right. Uh, so you have to adapt it to the style and personality. Some people are readers. Other people listen to uh, uh, podcasts. Uh, you know, other people only learn through their experience. And right. so you have to figure out how to come alongside of them to, uh, to figure out what is God doing in their life that they can discern what's the next step in their growth, in their outward ministry, as well as their inward walk, uh, and then how to follow that up in a, in a fruitful way. So Discipleship Difference actually tells the story of a pastor that uh, gets reoriented to figure out how do you facilitate that kind of transformation. That's very cool. And and really, I think sometimes as leaders and ministers, our effectiveness comes, I think, through reinventing ourselves. I think that uh, a lot of our um, – when we get stuck or when we – a lot of church planners find that everything that they – Learn an established church, it was maybe, you know, it was good background information, but then when they come to church plant, it's a whole nother animal. It's a completely different orientation to what they knew before. So, uh, I love that idea that it's a tr- transformation and, um, hopefully that's what guys will go through when they do this, right? They'll, they'll, yeah. They, they, yeah that's- oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. That's going to be one of the major, major topics because that's the mandate that Jesus gave us, you know, to make disciples who make disciples. And the, the premise is basically we grow as disciples as we make disciples. So it's not something you have to get perfected first before you start doing it, but rather you reach out right from the very beginning of your faith walk. And then, and you can build in some uh, relationships and processes that allows the multiplication to happen. Uh, right from the very, very beginning, because everybody can influence somebody. Right, right. Can you can you tell me maybe just a couple stories of of people that you've um, that you've trained? Just people that you just really thought, man, this is why I do this. Just people that came through your training, or I mean, shoot, all you got to do is go through our back catalog, and you'll hear all the guys that came through. Your, you know, we're interviewing them now on my podcast. But um, are there any planters where you just came away and you went, man, that was through doing this kind of training, just guys where you knew this really just kind of, it supercharged them and what they were called to do. Oh boy. I could, I could hardly, um, um, limit the number to talk about, but the, but the thing I think that excites me about it is I like to do training that is, is simple and reproducible so that people can take it and do it with others and multiply it readily. And, and then that with a, uh, 
no matter what your vision is, you know, one of the things I say, your vision is always too small because God is going to bless us immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Uh, according to his power to work within us. And, and so, so the, 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 the notion of just thinking about uh, when you reach even one person for Jesus, that person might be the next major church planter. You don't know. Yeah, you know, it's and, so funny because on, uh, on my podcast next week, next week's topic is that we're recording is actually what are you aiming at? You know, what's your goal? You know, a lot of, a lot of church planters – they're, they're, they can only see the church plant in front of them. And there's not like you end this training with multiplication and it's the DNA all the way through, especially with the discipleship, with being missional. These are all things that involve a whole system of empowering others that becomes a multiplication movement. And that, that might be a crucial and key difference in this training from other trainings. Um, this is something you've lived and I, it's interesting to me because I think if a church planter plants short-sighted without the ability to have a leadership pipeline or some some way of being intentional about multiplication, it's probably not going to happen. And that's where I love how you start off with that going, here's the DNA, get that right, and the cells will divide. Yeah, in fact, it, there's really two two sides to this. There's one is is a people development process which obviously starts with helping people come to be following Jesus and to become reproducing disciples, uh, leadership development and all that. So there's a people development side, but there's also an organizational development side. And I know planters don't necessarily like the organizational side, but the fact of the matter is that that there was um, uh, two great revivals in England, you know, the Welch Revival and the Wesley Revival. And the, the leaders of the Welsh Revival refused to organize because they thought it was unspiritual to do so, and it quickly died out. John Wesley, on the other hand, uh, found out where God was working and asked the question, how can I organize this to be able to get more? Yep. And he organized in a way that uh, had a 100-year, very fruitful run. You know, and they were called the Methodists, which wasn't a compliment, by the way. It was a <laughs> derogatory term, but it was actually the secret of the difference uh, between the uh, the ministry of John Wesley and say the ministry of somebody like George Whitfield, you know, who was a tremendous evangelist, but he didn't organize. True. And uh, and he said at the end of his ministry, uh, my converts are like a rope of sand. Yep. And so we can have a, all the heart we want for people and to reach people and then to get the maximum fruit. We also need to do it in a wise kind of way that facilitates ordinary people to be able to do extraordinary things. And that's what missional church planting is all about. And that's my goal to be able to invest in these uh, up to 12 people to be able to help them to be able to do that and a team with you and doing that process as well. is going to be fun. Absolutely. So, guys, here's the deal. Um the, this this uh, training is going to be available. Make sure you sign up. Again, it starts the first week in October. Um, Bob, where can they go to get the golden ticket? Uh, LoganLeadership.com. Okay. And uh, they'll they'll find a tab there that uh, 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 learning community and uh, training, whatever, will just have that be uh, clearly marked for them. And there's a special deal for your uh, for your people. Woohoo! Yeah, if they type in the code uh, Ninja three hundred, uh, they get three hundred dollars off the uh, the training. You heard it, you heard it here, guys. Three hundred off Ninja. We got to sign up. Got to sign up though by the fourteenth. Oh, of is September. 
Okay, September 14th. So you got your marching orders. So, all right. Well, hey, Bob, we always like to ask a question at the end of every uh episode. It It is our normal question. It's going to seem really abnormal to you, but our listeners wait for this question at the end every single time. And our question is, if you and C. Peter Wagner were to get into a physical fistfight, who would win? Now, now before you answer, I, I will tell you, the person always changes. So it's always a different contender. But you actually knew C. Peter Wagner uh, at Fuller. And so I, I picked him out of the hat because of that. But uh, smack talk is acceptable. You can, you can fight dirty. You can fight fair. It doesn't matter. But ding, ding, there's the bell. Well, I think I could. I think I could take him because of his goatee, and if I could get a hold of the goatee, then I think I could get him one uh, hit below the belt and <laughs> probably get him down. Or the other thing I could do is just get him to tell me one of his jokes, and while he's laughing so hard, then <laughs> I could I could sideswipe him. His two weaknesses: a long goatee serving as a handle, and number two, laughing at his own jokes too hard. I That's dig right. it. That's your strategy. <laughs> And I accept that answer very well. We declare you the victor. And uh, hey, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Guys, you have been listening to Hardcore Church Planning with Peyton Jones and one of my heroes and hopefully yours, Bob Logan, pioneer church planning trainer and legend in the field. So thanks for coming on today. And Arnold, sign us out. Remember, if you are called to church planting, go hardcore or go home. You've been listening to Hardcore Church Planning. Hardcore Church Planning has been brought to you by the Church Planner Podcast and the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the App Store for both Apple and Android devices. If you like this episode, leave us a positive review. If you didn't like this episode, we'll be happy to give you your money back.